0: Thank you for listening to the Caleb Hires podcast. I'm here to help you win the war for love. If you're new here, subscribe or check out my website, calebhires.com for more resources. In this episode, you're going to hear part two of my interview with Joey Papa, podcaster of the Failed Christian podcast. And we talk about how the failed Christian concept has changed his relationship with the institutional church and talk about some ways for others to still maintain their relationship in the fellowship of faith. How has this concept of the failed Christian, this whole idea you you said, like, if you walked into church and did what you just did just now, a lot of people would not know what to do with you. Like, how do I don't know how to help? There's, you're speaking to the immaturity of the church, which is fine because I'm here to mature the saints in love. I'm good with that. Um, but how has how would you answer that? How has it affected your relationship to church, the entity, not just not individual believers like you and I are talking, but like the church, the structure, the, the organization, because there is an organization to the church and it's good. It's, it's ordained of God. There are um, overseers, there are deacons, you know, there are, there are lay people, there are, you know, that's from the scriptures, right? So how is your relationship with the organizational church uh, benefited, suffered? How has it changed with this concept?
1: Um, well, I, I, I think when I first met you, I even told you right off the bat that I have a lot of hypersensitivities to church environments, um, because yeah. of my upbringing and I've also been a part of other communities or whatever that were not the healthiest, you know, maybe toxic, maybe abusive. I don't know how to term it, but they just weren't. healthy. Right. Not good. Yeah. And so everyone has church hurt. I don't care who you are, even, you know what I mean? Like you go to church cause church is made of people. And so people. We hurt each other in essence. Yep. But, and there's tons of grace and forgiveness for that. But the thing that I've always had a hard time with is the type of church hurt that uses the spiritual bypassing that you're talking about where right. people avoid being human, you know, and make these like otherworldly standards that really no one can live up to. But so I would say it's made me very sensitive to church environments, but there's something so core about me that knows even beyond the scriptures that encourage it. But I know that I need to be among believers. Like Mm -hmm. this whole thing is not never intended to be done alone. Like we need community. We need each other. Um, And so when I moved to Tampa, that was the first thing I did was try to find a church and thank God, God led me to you guys because I did feel right at home um yeah i always tell people it's so weird and ironic to me that i'm in a charismatic church because i grew (laughs) up in charismatic stuff and that's really where a lot of the pain is is among charismatic churches but um but the resting place was so it wasn't even so much like what's on the outside it's the the intangibles that i felt i felt welcomed i didn't feel judged i didn't feel like people were overly religious which that would be my number one turnoff when i meet religious people have a yep. hard time. I just have to say <laughs> that. I have a hard time and I don't really feel bad about it because that's really the only people Jesus had a problem with was the what
0: people. exactly what do you mean by religious people because let's just define it make it clear what do you mean by that describe a, that person
1: probably those who purport the ideal Christian that I'm saying that I'm a failed Christian at that um maybe proclaim a lot of different things and almost lose touch with the reality that they too are imperfect that they too are. Mm you know, that, that they have brokenness within them. Um, and so it's, especially people, I find that religious people, how I'm defining it, always give off this air that they have it all figured out. And yeah. you say one little thing out of alignment with what they believe is right. And they attack you. Yeah. yeah. Like the humility, yeah. the love, the grace, all that is like non-existent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 And that's why I think so, Jesus
1: said to judge, if you're going to judge teachers, if you're going to do all this stuff, judge them by their fruit, because fruit cannot be manufactured. It is just a I'm natural right. byproduct of the life that you're living. And so, you know, and that's honestly, I'm, I'm just as guilty as the next. Again, when I was a teenager into my twenties, I was that religious zealot that was not intentionally, I didn't know it, it was like, My vision was blurred, but I was so judgmental, not only towards others, but towards myself. And I was so critical Mm -hmm. and like had pride and felt um, somewhat arrogant that like I had the truth, you know what I mean? And like, um, yeah, I I can see the the difference between the two quite quickly now just because there's an air about people that they kind of give off.
0: There's a smell. There's a spiritual smell. Yeah. You can smell them coming for sure. Yeah. So that that's so good. Thank you for clarifying that. We're going to jump back into it. But the the legalism spirit is really what I think you're talking about, the spirit of legalism, because that's the, the spirit that shouted, crucify Jesus. You know, yes. it wasn't because um, there is a pure. I love making this distinction for people because some people get confused with that word. Like there is a pure form of religion it's to care for widows and orphans in their time of need and keep yourself unstained from the world system. That's James one twenty seven. So there's nothing wrong with the pure form of religion, but there's a perversion of religion that masquerades right now. And it's actually the spirit of legalism that says, here's the rules. Do it right. If you do it wrong, we're going to judge you because God said to, but that is not the heart or nature of God. It never has been. God has always wanted a relationship. He did not give them rules in the garden. He gave them one rule, you know? And so he's like, choose me was the rule. Yeah, Don't eat of that tree, eat of this one. And by that, you're choosing life, you're choosing me. I am the life, right? So anyway, not going down that rabbit hole of what those trees mean or anything, but (laughs) so your relationship with the church, you're saying is you became even more, or you was it the first time you became sensitive to the religious, the legalist, or was it just that you got even more sensitive to that structure because you once were one. And I mean, how did that all play out? Was there a moment where you're like, I can't go to church anymore. Was there a moment where you're like, I need, cause you said you've always seen the need for community, but were you like, I can't do the Sunday morning thing. Were you like, I'm just going to have Christian friends. Like as far as your relationship with the structural entity of the church, were there, were the defining moments in that? Because I think that would be helpful to help some people process through that. I know a lot of people are leaving the institutional church because of exactly what you're talking about, but maybe they can't put their finger on it. So what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, I think it was in my 20s when I went to college that some of my religiosity or that mindset started to break down. And the reason it broke down was because I went to Oral Roberts University, which is like a very charismatic school. But the student body is very diverse in the various denominations and different sects of Christianity. And so, um, as I met people who were from all different denominations, I just observed how much love they were humble in nature. Um, they were caring by nature. And I started to really question what I was taught being brought up because I did not see that in my life. And I could tell these Mm. people weren't trying to be that, you know, it was like authentic to them. So, um but that's when it started to break down but i would say that my uh, uh, it's not church as the institution so much it's more the environment of particular churches do you know what i mean so like yes. i feel at home at the resting place but there's probably 25 churches in tampa that i would walk into and walk right out like it is right. as soon as the Dogmas and doctrines and traditions of man are elevated above Jesus. I'm gone. I want say it again.
0: Say that again. That was so good. As soon
1: as, as soon as the dogmas, the doctrines, and the traditions of man are above Jesus, I'm gone. I have no interest in listening to anything you're going to say to me because I do believe that's what made Jesus so vehemently opposed to the Pharisaical establishment of the day was because. They were representing God, but they were the farthest thing from God. And I always encourage people, read through the Gospels, all four of them. And when you're reading through them, put it in categories, the sinner and the religious. And you just see how many times Jesus was gracious, kind, patient, forgiving of the sinner and how angry and, I mean, just all out opposed to the religious and I still think I'll same, say it
0: pissed off yeah, I'll say it pissed the same, off
1: <laughs> the same spirit is in operation today it's just taken off ancient judaism clothes and now it's put on christianity and masquerading itself around as as if this is like the true church and it's not the true church and I'm not here Amen. trying to like judge who is and who isn't the true church all I know is that when you meet someone who is authentically in love with Jesus it's it's so obvious you know what I mean there's no right. You know, and I do have grace for people who are in process as well. I'm not trying to sound like I'm just like whatever, but I have lots of friends who are in between two worlds or don't really know what they believe when it comes to Christian. I mean, they're Christians, but they don't know where to put their feet really and land on Mm -hmm. it all. Um, Or I do have some people that are still caught up in some, you know, legalism or religiosity. Now, we probably never Mm -hmm. will be super close, but... have grace for those people because i was that person you know what i mean i'm not not trying to down that it's more of the establishment that exalts itself above jesus that really starts to give me a hard time
0: yeah and that's a great distinction because the i think a lot of people who are reacting to these things the 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 aversion to those dogmas traditions of man above the authority and beauty of christ jesus i'm saying jesus christ of nazareth for all the um, lovely, beautiful people on my TikTok who want to call me a new ager. I am talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth, born of a virgin. All right, seated to the right hand of the Father, the one way, the one truth, the one life. So, anyway, I get. I don't know why. You said it earlier. TikTok's a little brutal. They get me for my hair, and they think I'm a new ager. I don't know. It's it's strange. But we're talking about those. I'm talking. We're talking about you people. I'm gonna look at TikTok. We're, we're talking about you, you people who are <laughs> not concerned with the authority and centrality of Jesus and more concerned with the authority and centrality of church culture. And there's, it's not the true church because throughout time, the culture of the church has changed very much. Like, what are we going to do in the early church? They went to the temple to pray. They still went to the temple to pray multiple times a day. So Every church everywhere needs to have prayer meetings multiple times a day. And you need to take off break from work before work, lunch and dinner. You need to go pray at the at the building. Are we going to do that? And you meet in homes. So you have to have all that happening all week long. People say, I want to get back to the book of Acts. I'm like, no, you don't. You're going to go to the temple three times a day. You're going to have multiple prayer meetings. And if you don't, then you're not really doing the thing like that culture has shifted Mm -hmm. and God seems okay with it. I mean, he's not, you know, rebuking the global church for not having a temple. In fact, he said, the temple's done. Like, we are the temple. So, all these cultural things, even though they were the temple in that time, which is the point I'm making, they still went to the temple. That was a cultural thing, right? And it's no longer our culture. So, elevating those things above the centrality and beauty of Jesus Christ is that thing that triggers and, and, rightly so bothers the spirit of a lot of believers and maybe just maybe people are leaving that and not leaving the church and i just want to say this and i I, you please speak to this as well if you can because i know people are watching who are struggling with with that and i know people are going to see this later who are are wanting to just get a just throw it all out throw the baby out with the bathwater. is there hope for the church to rise above that are there churches you've already answered this but are there churches out there who are truly exalting Jesus and seeing one another in love and a true community faith out there and should they look for it is it worth it for them even if they feel like a failed christian in the way you're saying it? is it worth it to find it
1: Uh yeah absolutely and I I think the thing with me in my life is that when I want it to throw the baby out with the bathwater because so many things in my life didn't line up with what I was told or taught when I was young about Christianity, I couldn't, like I felt like I would have to divorce myself from myself Mm -hmm. in order to leave Jesus. Um, and I think, I think for those people, and here's the deal. The reason why the failed Christian, the podcast exists is because in my opinion, there is a large segment of people who cannot do the church politics, the church drama, All of that stuff. They're so tired of it. Um, And, but yet at the same time, they aren't wanting to leave their faith. They don't want to leave Jesus. They just don't want to deal with all of those additions (laughs) that people are getting so, you know, worked up about. And so I really feel like the failed Christian is serving a purpose of gathering, if you would, a lot of people that feel that way. Um, yes. And they also don't feel comfortable in the deconstruction community where like the same reason I don't, I could hang out with deconstructionist yeah. all day. I don't really care about that, but it's yeah. just not where I'm at. You know what I mean? And so I think the church, speaking of the general church way of viewing even deconstruction and all this other stuff is these people are deceived and they're out. Like, really? that's It's that <laughs> simple? Everyone just got deceived and now they're leaving the church? No. I mean wow. – these are people who have genuine questions and are really grappling with some fundamental truths. I would rather have someone in my, yes. if I was a pastor, I would rather have someone in my congregation that was working through deconstruction and being honest than someone who's playing yes. the Christian part and looking all great or whatever, but is, you know, looking at porn every day behind the scenes and not telling anyone like it's, it just, 100%. It just doesn't add up. You know what I mean? It's like, um, so I would say, drawn near to God. Honestly, it sounds so simple, but for me it was I was okay. literally holding on to the very last uh piece of of God's garment again figuratively speaking. Yeah. Um and he rescued me and he led me and he you know, he led me to you guys which again, I mean, the resting place isn't like perfect and you know, it's not whatever, but nope. the thing that I identified right away more in my spirit than logic was these people are about Jesus. They're about God. They're not about their system, their ways of doing things, even their dogmas and doctrines as important as important doctrine is, it has become such a major um, distraction. People sit around yeah. and argue about doctrine all day long and like Jesus is like who's worshiping at his feet? you know it's like right? Do you think he do you think Jesus really cares whether you agree on this particular doctrine or not, you know, and it's like, uh, Paul, how many times in the New Testament, main message unity, 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 why, because ever since the inception of the church. There's been disunity. And typically it was yep. over ridiculous doctrines like circumcision or what day of the week should we worship on? And now it's translated into is speaking in tongues for today, or should we worship right. God on Saturday or Sunday? You know, it's like right. I don't think God really cares that much. Right. Right. You know, He cares about your heart more than anything. And the one Come thing on. one thing I want to say is I was thinking about this a lot this morning. You look at how Jesus offered eternal life to people in his life, in his ministry it's always different like you don't find yep. him doing the same pattern like oh well come down here make sure you kneel make sure you say these six different lines that that's a prayer and give me that confession with your mouth i mean you never see him doing that ever it's always through people's faith like yes. even the dude on the cross what did that dude do he did nothing he all he what what it is to me when jesus offered eternal life to people whether it be he healed someone's kid or the guy on the cross or the woman at the well or whoever he offered eternal life to, he knew or they knew, well, I should say this, he knew that they knew that he was it. That's it. That was it. That was what gave them eternal life was they're mine. I'm yours. You know what I mean? Like it's that, that thing that happens in marriage almost. Like yep. we are unified and nothing can break us apart. Like that's how I feel jesus offers eternal life to people is when people have a revelation the scales far from their eyes that he's it i need him like period right you know right i mean we and have, the and
0: reason have, go ahead
1: we have thirty thousand different denominations in christianity right nobody is getting it right nobody No. we all have parts of it that are off incorrect not you know x y and z and so it's like it's more it's learning to live from a more humble place like yes when jesus is central to my life and jesus is central to everything that i do i don't get caught up in these ridiculous arguments over minor theological differences like you're my brother or you're my sister in christ that's really all i care about you know what i mean we can walk through everything else and process that but it should not become like TikTok becomes like just everyone is throwing stones at each other i mean that alone shows you this is not coming from the spirit of god you know he doesn't come on You don't do that
0: preach bro preach the bible says exactly what you're saying the bible says that we see in part and know in part what we will one day know in full so no matter how well we see no matter how clear we are no matter how wise we are no matter what doctrine we have we only see a part So in our knowing our part, sure, know your part, but know it's just a part. And if that part stays apart from the rest of the parts, you're going to be fragmented. And so that's the humble approach of what you're saying. The word disciple, same thing. The word disciple means learner. You've heard me say this. The word disciple means learner. And if you have nothing left to learn, you're no longer a disciple. Much of the church has cut themselves out of being a disciple of Jesus because they know it all and the opposite is the uh, is the attitude it's what you're describing that i know that jesus is it and everything else i'm learning <laughs> i'm learning what that means cuz in him are all the treasures of wisdom hidden they're all hidden in him the mysteries yes. of knowledge so jesus is it and the reason those people i love what you said he, it's like he offered salvation in different ways to different people is because he knew what they needed He knew the the path they needed. He knew what needed to be said, what needed to be heard, right? And so the whole idea of just you're it, it's not like some people go, Jesus is it. And other people go, Jesus isn't it. It's Jesus, you're it. And I want what you have for me because you're it. I want what you have, your life. I want your rule. I want your lordship because you're the path and the source of life. So I want that. And that's the difference between salvation and not salvation. It's I receive life or I reject life.
1: Yes, but again, again, that was not what was taught to me. No, growing up in not in the
0: least. Me neither. Not
1: not in the faintest idea. Like it was performance. It was agreement with doctrines. It 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 felt like to me. It felt more like being a part of a of a club. Do you know what I mean? Like if I want to join. this club down the road, there's certain tenets that I have to agree with. I have to sign a, you know, a commitment form and all this other stuff. And it felt more like that in my upbringing than it did. Like we all are in desperate need of him and knowing him is the way to eternal life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you're saying about um, some people you might not be able to, like you could hang out with the deconstruction people, but you might not have a certain level of, of closeness with them or relationship with them. And that there's boundaries, that boundaries are healthy. I think that's one thing the church really needs to learn, especially like, let me just get on my soapbox for 30 seconds here. Uh, your pastor uh, is allowed to have healthy boundaries and no, you should not have access to them 24 seven. Okay. They're not they're not on call for you. They have a life, they have a family and they have an assignment. Okay. And they need to sleep. All right. So let them sleep. And if you think the first thing you need to call is your pastor, then you forgot that you have a good shepherd. His name is Jesus and the person of the Holy Spirit. So quit calling the under shepherd your good shepherd and just get that order right. So that I'm off my soapbox now. Thank you for listening to the Caleb Hires podcast today. I want to help you win the war for love. So go to calebhires.com, sign up for my newsletter and check out all the amazing resources available there. I'll see you soon.